0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Easter is probably one of my favorite holidays of the year, at least to the Christian holiday. How many of you, this is one of your favorite? I'll say one of your favorite. I think Christmas is always up there, but this is one of your favorite Christian holidays, I would think. I mean, most people aren't saying like Michael and all angels or something like that. Most most people would go there. Actually, Mary Magdalene, who we're going to talk about today, is a saint. She has her own day, but I don't know, I don't know when it is. So... Uh, th- Many, many people really enjoy uh, traditions. I think many people really enjoy holidays, and I think there's a reason for that. I think we're wired for that. I think, what would, what would life be like if you didn't have any holidays or you didn't have any special events in your life? Would you have a lot of memories? Just think back in your own life. Let me ask it this way. If it, I would guess that most of the memories that you have, like kind of growing up, uh, are specifically associated with major events. It's not like, yeah, that was my favorite Tuesday of all time. Is that ever, that doesn't happen. So usually, and I would guess of those, most of those are associated with, uh, they're associated with specific holidays, like, like Easter. So Easter was one of mine. When I, when I grew up, my parents would hide my Easter basket and we'd have to go find it. And then you'd get the full chocolate bunnies and you have to carve the ears off. This is this how you eat the ears off? And so this is different. We're gonna, we're gonna get into this and then I'm gonna talk about why this matters. So the section we're looking at here is John chapter 20. This is right after, this is the traditional reading for Easter dawn service. We don't have Easter dawn service. And um, so this is the traditional reading that we're going to look at today, John chapter 20. Now Mary had stood out. So they already went there. They said it was empty. She went and told the disciples. She went back now, and, and this is how the story goes. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, Jesus turned around and said, uh, she turned around and said, Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him. had said these things to her. So uh, we'll come kind of back around there. Why traditions and why we need not just the tradition of Easter, but we need the message of Easter. And I think that that makes sense. So uh, these are Jelly Belly Jelly Beans. Does anyone remember when these came out? This is in my lifetime. This is in my lifetime. Probably I was in high school, early high school, eighth grade, somewhere in there. And this was a huge transition. So in my house, my mom would hide clumps of jelly beans around the whole house, which right now sounds super gross, because we would just pick them up off the floor, and we had five kids, and we'd all search. And we used to get up like at six in the morning to go chase these jelly beans down, but they weren't always these kind of jelly beans. Do you remember what kind of jelly beans they were? How desperate were we that we chased these jelly beans? This, these if you, Kids, you don't even remember these. They won't make these anymore. And uh, these are made by Brock's candy, and I'm fairly sure Mr. Brock's had no flavors in his mouth. So we have Brock's candy and we have the black ones, we have the white ones, like 30% of these are absolutely disgusting, right? Does anyone like the white or black ones? And then the other 66% are just gross. So those, I mean, we have absolutely disgusting, we have gross. We would chase around the house to try and get these Brock's jelly beans. And the only way they could make this worse, how could they make this worse? Here, here's my only conceivable way that you could make this worse. And Brock's, These are the Neapolitan candies. Kids, hopefully you've never had to experience this. We have a chocolatey flavor, coconut, and what kid likes coconut? And then the only way to describe this is public restroom liquid soap pink. Have you guys ever been tricked by the public restroom liquid soap pink? Like this is, have you ever had this happen? You go to like the, the, you know, you're driving along the highway and you're like, okay, I'm gonna use the restroom. I'm gonna wash my hands and it's that pink soap. The only way it's worse is when you do that and there's no soap in there. So now you've just touched where, like, who knows how many people have, and you're just so grossed out. But So the liquid soap pink you put on your hands, right? And I think it's 99% glue because you put it on your hands, and you're like, oh, and it smells just the, can you smell it right now? <sighs> it's the grossest. Then you try and wipe out, well, what do they do in government buildings? They regulate how much water you can have. So then you go to, like, push the water down, it just goes... And you can't get it off your hands, and you think you're done. Have you ever done this? You leave the public restroom, and you're like, finally. And then you, oh, right in between your fingers, you're like, no. And then you got to go back in. And then the guy in there thinks you're even weirder because you're trying to wash this. So anyway, that's how I think that tastes, actually, is like public rest. This is the only way it could get worse. And the only reason I bring this up is sometimes you have to know something that's not good to understand you need something like that's better, right? And, and this is usually, there's a lot of ways that we can see need there's a lot of ways that we see need in our culture. And one of the ways that people demonstrate this, when you normally wouldn't think you need it, they try and show you, they have to show evidence of it. You take like a test. You take the PSAT and what does it say? You don't know English or you don't know math. You're like, okay, I've got to study on that. Or, or you, what, How good of a golfer do you think you'd be if you just golfed um, and you didn't actually try and put it in a hole? Like you're just in your backyard just hitting away. You might think you're actually pretty good until you actually try to test it and see if you're good. Um, a dentist. Who would go to the dentist by choice without pain? But you go to the dentist, what does the dentist do? They, they, they pull out x-rays, and they start showing your teeth, and they say you need work on your teeth. And the only way you know is looking at that test, right? The chiropractor. Now, there might be a chiropractor in here, but the chiropractor has a way to show that you need to go to the chiropractor even if you don't even know you have to go to the chiropractor, right? You go there, and then you stay, put one foot on each scale. Have you ever done this? You're, no one has done this, and you get x-rayed. This has not happened to anybody. You get the electric scanner. When you get done with it, you're surprised you can walk. Much like you know, like you're, you're like, sign me up. I got to get fixed up. So sometimes the, the way we discover we need something is someone shows you, you. You see a slow motion video of your swing in golf or something like that. You, you do tests and you figure this out. I need help. One thing I think that we don't need a test for. We we don't need to go some exam. We don't need anyone to tell us that it's terrible as death. Nobody has had to explain to their kid that death is bad. You know, they have a favorite pet and the pet dies. No one's had to sit down and the kid's like perfectly fine and say, you know what, this is not good. No one has to explain that because we know that this is not good when things die. This is not good. So you got a couple options, I think, as a parent. You can kind of isolate your kids from death as much as you can, right? You could. You could, like, just get fake lawn in the backyard like I have. Mine looks green all the time. Looks great. Um, I could get my family pictures on it. You know, like, so it always looks good, but it's not quite the same as a real lawn, is it? Or you could get, instead of a real fish tank, you could just get, like, an electronic fish tank, that like a screensaver, and your kids could think, wow, Dad, you can actually keep saltwater fish alive, and it's, yes, I've got a special gift. You could do that. You could do that. Um, you could only have stuffed animals instead of a real dog. Um, you could isolate your kids away from grandparents because you know they're going to probably die in their lifetime. You could just say, We're not going to talk to grandma and grandma. Does that work? Some of you are trying that and you don't even know it, right? <laughs> so you, you could do that, but it only, it only works so long, right? How long can you hide death? You can try really hard. How long can you hide death? The movie's called Weekend at Bernie's. It wasn't called like Six Months at Bernie's. You cannot hide death for a long, long time. But why why do we take the risk? Why don't we have fake fake fish tanks and fake dogs and, and don't hang out with people? Why do we even open our heart to love something like that? Because I think just like the signposts and even better than traditions, I think the things that fill our heart are relationships with people, things that are alive. And it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the risk to love a pet or it's worth the risk to love a spouse or a boy or a girl or your grandparents. It's worth the risk to open up your heart because that's what makes life beautiful. It's, it's worth the risk to try and plant a garden that you know is going to die. It's worth the risk to get flowers in your house that you know are going to wilt because they're just so much more beautiful and wonderful and full than something that's fake. And in, what we have is a person in the Bible who did that very same thing. I mean, a person who did that same thing Take out Jesus, Savior, the world part. You know, take out, save, uh, he's God part. For Mary, uh, the story is she had seven demons. Jesus cast those out and she started to follow him. And, and she looked up to him as his teacher and a friend. This is someone she, she opened her heart up in a sense and said, I love this person. And now that person is dead. Does anyone need to explain to Mary that this is not good? No one needs to explain that. And so she is making her way to the tomb. That's where we got in the story. She's making her way to the tomb because I think she just needs a minute. right? No one has to explain that. You don't need a test to say when someone dies, you need a minute. And so she's making her way to the tomb. She just wants to do one last act of love. The last time she had an interaction with Jesus, it says she was at the crucifixion. So Jesus is on the cross and they just, they just pull him down and they immediately send him to a tomb. She never gets that moment and so she's making her way into the tomb she's already just to, to properly prepare his body for death and he's not there he's, he's just not there there's there's no moment to, just the two of them right have you, you ever suffered loss how valuable was that moment just to be there and sit and just the two of you they're not alive anymore but just some closure right to, to let the pain just like kind of sit there you just need a minute. And that's exactly what Mary wanted and she couldn't have it. So it continues. It continues that Jesus appears. then And with one word changes it all. You know, We can hide death as much as we want. We can, we can put up walls around the cemetery. We can make really pretty uh, tombstones. We can mow the lawn and put flowers. But it doesn't really hide it. In fact, Jesus' work doesn't take away death. We still have to deal with it. And the amazing thing is is Mary experiences this. She She gets something that I'm a little bit jealous of. Are you a little jealous? Not just that she gets to see Jesus, but I think every one of us, if you're older than about four, have lost somebody or someone. What would you give for just another minute? Like one more hold? Like one more story on grandpa's lap? What would you give for just another hug from your mom? One more, I mean, it sounds silly, like another game of catch with your favorite daughter, just to walk around. What would you give for that? Just to hold your dad's hand. You know, maybe your dad died when you were young. Just to hold his hand one more time. What would you give for that? And here Mary gets it. She gets like another chance, just for a moment. And she wants to hold on forever. But what's Jesus' message? He says, You can't hold on to me. You've got to go tell the disciples what's going on. You've got to go tell them. It's strange. It's, it's strange to me. It, this, there's this need. They, they Really, what Jesus is saying is they need to hear this. Peter who betrayed me needs to hear this. Peter who denied me needs to hear this. The disciples who are trying to put all these things together and they're huddled in a room scared, they need to hear this. They need to hear the message of salvation. Why do you need to hear it? Well, there's different ways to show need, I think. There's different ways. So I get to go back to Milwaukee once in a while to do some filming, which is always funny for me to say out loud. It's even more funny when I tell you this part, which I've told you before. They have a makeup and wardrobe person. Have I told you this? Her name's Judy. So Judy is the best. She does the makeup for uh, professional wrestling when it's in town. So that makes me feel manly. <laughs> but what she always does, and, and you feel like you're in Downton Abbey. Have you ever seen this when they have a valet? That's how they say it. Like someone who actually like, puts all these things. You just kind of stand like this. Like Frankenstein, and they put the jacket on. They make sure it's all brushed with linen. They have the special belt so your shirt doesn't do this. Like, this is not unacceptable on TV. So, they, they have to have it so it's straight like this. They got a special thing here. She pins the shirt back so it looks like I'm, I'm in better shape than I really am. You know, she puts like the, uh, the collar stays and does your hair, does all this stuff. Now, do I get that on a Tuesday? I do, but Amy does it. No, that's not true. Only on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So the, 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 um, you don't get that, but what she says, this is Judy's phrase, I'm just, I'm just creating a need. Because I'm always like, oh, this is pretty slick. Like, and I'm like, normally i got to look at my own hair, and uh, as she says, just creating the need. And, and I think that happens a lot in life because it's not just showing us deficiencies that show we need something, right? It's not just the doctor showing an x-ray it's not just the electric thing, it's not just pictures, but sometimes you see something that's so much better, you say, this is something that I need. This happens at Costco, right? Or you go to Sam's Club and you go, you've never had chicken nuggets until you had them shaped like a dinosaur. (laughs) Up until then, you haven't even lived, right? So you're just going along your normal daily life, you're perfectly content, and then you try this and it's completely better. Um, Test cars, you ever get to test drive a car? So a friend of mine says you can never go shopping for a house, a car, or puppies with your wife unless you fully intend to buy. So this is the rule. Because what happens when you step foot into a car, it's amazing. It's amazing, right? It drives smoothly. Everything works. You have heat that doesn't smell like antifreeze. You know, like, you know all of this, it, it feels like amazing. And how often has this happened to you? You go to your friend's house and you think you've got a great backyard, and then you sit in their backyard, right? You think your TV is great. And I've got, like, Michael from The Office. Mine's, like, a 40-inch TV, like, this big. And then you see your friends, like, I can't, it's bigger than my wingspan. And you're like, I, we're missing out, right? Sometimes, sometimes you see a need when you see something so much better. So here's my question. Is the message of Jesus rising from the dead a message that shows our need, because we absolutely need it, by showing our deficiency, or does it show us something better? I think it's a little both right when you think about the message of the cross there's a theologian who says that the resurrection doesn't take away good friday it's still there you you think okay why is jesus on a cross why is jesus suffering why does jesus have nails in his hands and thorns pushed into his skull why did jesus um, get put on a cross to asphyxiate why did they pierce him through his feet because of me right And the only way that you can have any kind of relationship whatsoever with Christ is if he has to die. And so that makes you feel like there's something that has to happen. The only way you can have any kind of connection with God is unless someone has to die. And it makes you feel like you're lacking. It makes you feel deficient, and it should because we are, because we can't do it. But I think it shows us something better. When you look in the book of Hebrews It says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, he saw something better. He saw something better that says it it is worth dying for, and the reason why it's worth dying for is so that he could have a relationship with you. Someone dies, they're gone, and, and what do they say? What would you give for another moment with that person? What did Jesus, I mean, in the same sense, with our sin, we have no relationship with Jesus, we're gone forever, and he says, what am I willing to give for one more moment with you? My life, suffer eternity, so that we can have something better. We can have something more full. And when you, you have a sense of peace, And you can have a sense of forgiveness and you can have a sense that you have acceptance before God. And how does this change your perspective? And I know you've got issues going on in your life. Every one of us does. I know you've got disappointments. I know you have frustrations. But how does that change your everyday life, the resurrection? Why do you need to hear this message? Joy. An animal can be happy. You know, you scratch your dog's ears and it, it smiles and it's happy. You can scratch your... Or do whatever you do to make cats happy. I mean, I don't, I've made zero attempt to research this. So, Like, whatever you do to make a cat happy, and the cat's happy for a moment, but to, can a cat see outside of its regular circumstances? No, it can't. It can't. And a human being has an imagination. A human being has the ability, when you look, that you says, on a greater picture, I have a relationship with God, in a greater picture, the sting of death has been absorbed by Christ so that I, I am free and I'm forgiven and I know on the last day where I'm going to go. It lets you rise up above all those circumstances, whatever you're going through right now, whatever loss you're going through, whatever disappointment you're going through. Rise above those circumstances to say, I stand forgiven. I can deal with death. I can deal with people making fun of me. I can deal with disappointment. Because at its heart, God said, There's something greater. And that greater thing was you. And he wanted to take your sins away so you could be with him forever. We need traditions, I think. I think we need fence posts in our life. And that's kind of how our lives function, to hang memories on. But even more than a tradition, even more than all the things that go with it, we need a message, a message that Christ has indeed risen from the dead. And because of that, you can have a relationship with him. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so many of us have lots of things going on in our life, and we wish the resurrection took all that away, but that's not true. We still have to deal with death. We still have to handle with disappointment. We still have to um, suffer on this earth. We said, you held the scars of your own death, and just like that, we walk with you and we bear our own crosses for you. To that end, whatever we're dealing with, help us recognize that the resurrection rises above that. It sees, we see our deficiencies, our sinfulness, but we also see that we are something greater, that we're your child, we're completely accepted, and you've given us something to rise above our current circumstances and see the joy set before us, the joy of serving you until that last day, until we get to hold you one more time. Amen. At this time... Uh, we're going to gather our offerings. If you're a guest, you truly are a guest, but we'd love any prayer requests you have. And there's two things. We're going to be real... This is going to take a minute. Um, each Easter, what we like to do is write down someone who is now in heaven. As we talk about, that's what the resurrection changes thing. It not only takes away the sting of death, but it removes it. So if there's someone that you're thinking of now that we thank God that they have been able to walk this life and they're now in heaven, just put their name down as legibly as possible. Uh, put that down. Or if you have any other specific prayer requests... Um, We'll do that now. So I'll give you a minute to fill that out. You can use just the Take Action card, put some names. We're just going to read those names. Uh, We're thankful that God has carried them all the way through their journey.
1: It's peace have come to know.
0: Father, Son, and Gracious Holy Spirit. We are so thankful for the resurrection proof that because you have risen, we too will rise. This is hard for us as we work in a time of pain, a time of disappointment, and we struggle with all the things going on in our own lives. It's hard to rise above that, but we know our greatest need, uh, a relationship with you, and an eternity with you is taken care of. We're thankful as we come to you today with special prayers um, We pray that you're with Pierce and the Decker family as he he struggles. Just a young boy who uh, is struggling because he had a growth on his brain. It seemed like uh, miraculously this was a rare thing and he's in the clear, but instead he's back in the hospital. So we pray that you give strength to the Deckers and you pray that um, courage uh, to young Pierce. And we pray that through this uh, they can see your glory shine and that he has full healing and gets uh, back to full speed. This hasn't been the case for everybody we know, so we're going to just lift these names up. You already know them. They're in heaven with you, but we're remembering that what resurrection it really means with people we know. So uh, we're thinking of Oscar Heron and Tim Fry, uh, Betty Baden and Eugene Greewell, uh, the Sillin's grandparents, and Uncle Jay, Becky and Ruth and Mercedes and Uncle David, Richard Erdman, uh, Abieta, and Tammy Schumann, uh, Louise Schultz, uh, Grandma Castor and Sean and Barry, uh, Nola uh, Muriel, Grandpa Smith and Gigi, Ursel and John, Henry and Isabel, Josephina Faith, uh, Grandma and Grandpa Gunderson, and Grandma Grandpa Oldenburg, uh, Mrs. Tipton, uh, Mike Hooks, Dwayne Hooks, and Joan Burns, John Perry, Ruby, and Baby Josh, Eddie, uh, Wayne Gutchick, uh, Matt. Brandon, Wright family, Uncle Rex and Cousin Darren, Uh, Linda and Robert, Uh, Edward, uh, Amy's dad, and Mike Vandervelden, Amy's brother. We put all these names, names that you already know, Lord, and help us have comfort why is Mary crying? Mary's crying because she had to see death and we've all seen death. Death doesn't take it away. Your word doesn't take it away, but it, it does take away the sting of death because we know one day that we will rise and you're going to call our name and we'll be with you forever.